0: Welcome to Well Wisdom, where we visit with guests and explore topics that help you overcome life's inevitable adversities, both big and small, to find meaning, purpose, joy, happiness, connection, confidence, and strength. This is the essence of resiliency, the ordinary magic that we are all capable of. Join me now, well listeners, as we dive in to today's topic. Welcome to Well Wisdom, brought to you by the Resiliency Well, and I am thrilled to have Marianne McKibben Dana here with us today. Hey, Marianne, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Beth. It's great
0: to be with you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, this this month our theme is hope. And Marianne, I'd like to just give you a little bit of background on her. She is first and foremost a writer. She also does a lot of speaking. She's a free-range pastor by her own account, so she does a lot in the religious community, especially with the Presbyterian Church. And um, she's also a coach both for personal and leadership coaching, and she does a little bit of running coaching too if you're interested in that. She lives kind of in the Virginia, D.C. area, uh, she's also a mom, which makes her a real-life hero for all of us. Um, and she can really relate to a lot of the things that most of us struggle with, just that time management. How do we balance it all? How do we bring it all together? And she's got her third book coming out this year on hope, which I definitely want to ask her about as we move through the, the program today. But just getting started um, by Marianne's account, Usually authors write about things that they're most interested in and that they really would like to read a book on themselves. So my first question for you, Marianne, is why hope? Why is that topic special, personal, important to you?
1: Mm. Yes, it's it's very true. My first two books were really trying to speak to a a need within myself. And it's true um, that that writers really write what they need to to read. And for me... um, the book, which uh, provisional title at this point is "Hope: A User's Manual," um, you know things can change with the publisher, but that is the current plan. And it really came about because I myself was, like all of us, living through um, the last several years of just a lot of upheaval. Social media means that. The news that maybe we wouldn't have known about because it was happening on another in another part of the world or uh, you know not in our own backyard—it's all coming to us all the time. And I, just as many people, I'm just feeling uh, really overwhelmed. And, and where do I find hope? Um, and how? What? What gives me the motivation to kind of? Um, get up and try to make the world better, and and with the complexities of the challenges that we face, um, I was really writing to myself, like, how, what does it mean to have hope? Um, How do we, how do we access it? What are some of the practices that we can follow in order to, uh, to to sort of embody hope, not just think about hope as a feeling or hope as something that, that, you know, might be part of our character but something that we can develop as a practice and so that's really where the the genesis of the book started is to to think about those things and, and get beyond some of the simplistic kind of views of what hope might be.
0: Yeah and I think every piece of what you just mentioned is so relevant because we've all struggled and here we are beginning 2022 and we don't see an end in sight to this craziness to this pandemic to this total upheaval in our world and as you mentioned so well, that feeling of being overwhelmed, which often comes with feeling hopeless. So I would ask you, how how do you personally define hope? So um, I've got uh, a couple hundred
1: pages of book to sort of say what, what I think hope is, and I probably at the beginning I'm, I'm, we're still in the sort of publishing process, and when it comes out, I better have the elevator pitch of here's my, my <laughs> you know one sentence definition. Um, but to me, uh, hope is the um, the resilience and the uh, the future orientation to know that the things that we do make a difference. That um, that we have agency. That we have uh, that we are personally empowered to, to make the world better in whatever large or small way that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And that happens through a lot of different, uh, hope comes to us in a lot of different ways, um, through practices, through community. And um, and so in the book, I talk a lot about kind of what hope isn't and what hope is. And and to me, hope kind of transcends a lot of the way we often think about hope, which is we, we often conflate it with optimism. Mm-hmm. Like optimism means everything's gonna work out okay, or we fundamentally believe the future will be better, then the present and and one of the things i really wanted to wrestle with in the book is how do we find hope even if things don't work out okay you know and and as you mentioned we're we're sitting here in, in january of 2022 about to enter year three of a pandemic and how do we find hope in the midst of this uh constant you know one new variant after another and i think optimism can ultimately uh fall short And and hope is something that I think is deeper and more enduring. And and that's really what I've been interested in exploring in the
0: book. Yeah. And, you know, just for me to spend this time with you and to kind of dive into this month with Resiliency Well's focus on hope, I did a little research myself. And I can remember years ago, um, someone that I worked with just touting this book that was called Hope is Not a Strategy. And, of course, that, you know, that just resonates. But oftentimes, we do think of hope as being kind of similar to wishful thinking, but it's really not. Because you spoke about agency and central to hope is us taking action and us believing that we can have some kind of impact and really make a difference. So I don't know if you wanna dig a little bit deeper into like what it really isn't because we do throw the word around like, oh, hope you have a great day, hope everything goes well. Um, but hope is much richer and deeper than that, as you said.
1: Yeah, 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 it is. And, and one of the things that I really loved to sink my teeth into as I was doing the research is there's a lot, there's a lot about our kind of American culture that is, um, that is very admirable and laudable. But I think one of the places where I think we could ground a little bit deeper is, um, Americans are a very optimistic kind of a group of folks, you know, and, and we have been on a, on a path as a country where we're sort of, you know, addressing injustices and things are getting better and, and all of this sort of thing. And and that's a really powerful story. Um, the other side of that is that the rise of social media and other kinds of, um, you know, cultural shifts means that, um, you know, I, I ran across... Um, a lot of work around the idea of toxic positivity Mm -hmm. and this idea that if you just have an optimistic, if you just have a kind of a positive outlook, everything will will kind of work out for you. And there's all kinds of religious undercurrents to that and and cultural undercurrents, um, but just kind of buck up and and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and that side of thing and and everything's going to be okay. And um, I want to investigate something that's just more durable than that. I mean, you, you, your work around resiliency, I think, is so on point because part of what I did with when writing the book is really look at how do um, marginalized communities think about hope and, and folks who have been struggling for justice for generations. Um, and a lot of them do not equate hope with it's all going to work out okay. Hope is really about uh, fighting the good
0: fight Absolutely. And what is our, what is our legacy and, and how, do we, how do we find
1: courage, you know, and those, those kinds of things. So I was very excited and, and energized by, by seeing how other communities other than my own uh, kind of think about hope.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a really um, interesting point that, um, you know, came up in, in actually some work I was doing in, in December around burnout, and it was more in like a clinician setting, but uh, working with another resiliency expert, she and I did a presentation together, actually, and she talked about suppression and how destructive that is. And I think that um, you didn't say it in those words, but I think we all need to realize if we're just going to put plaster a smiley face on what's really difficult, what is a real challenge, a real hardship, maybe a real loss that deserves a little time and attention to grief and nurturing The fact that oh wait a minute the world as I knew it just changed because of what happened to me and we need to honor you know our emotions and our feelings and our need to pause and take stock in what has changed and when we suppress that we're really not doing ourselves any any service Um, so I really appreciate you bringing that out and I think. I think that's important to be able to do for ourselves, but I also think for other people because I think lots of times when someone's having a hardship it makes us feel so uncomfortable and we want to just kind of fix it for them and part of doing that is just, you know, too much optimism maybe and not enough maybe listening or just acknowledging that hardship.
1: Yeah. That's that's beautifully said and when I the, the book in essence a series of kind of short reflections about hope, mm-hmm. and when you're writing kind of, you know, 700-word uh, reflections, you can organize it in all kinds of different ways, and the way I ultimately settled on was just a little bit of what we talked about, about what hope is not, mm-hmm. and then kind of what hope is, but the third section of the book, I think, really connects with what you're saying, because I got interested in thinking about hope not just as a cognitive thing, but as an embodied mm-hmm. practice. So the third section is about i think it's called hope lives in the body and and i talk a lot about just what you're saying of of being willing to sit in the discomfort sometimes and not just go straight to the how do i fix this or it's all going to be okay and and that's so hard for so many of us especially taking the pandemic as just an example we we really want something firm to stand on. I mean, there's just been so many shifts and, and changing wisdom and, and vaccines and then boosters, you know, I mean, it just kind of keeps going and going. But I think part of how we build hope is, is to really sit um, and, and listen to our bodies and, and tend to things in our lives that may be traumatic um, and, and not go so, so quickly to recovery and, and, and kind of, renewal and and how do we make the best of this Um, and really acknowledge what has been lost and and I think that's a part of building hope as well.
0: I love that Marianne and that that's so powerful and I think that um, we've you know prior to the pandemic everybody was just moving at work speed right things are coming at us fast and we're almost just getting through the day very disconnected from our ourselves Um, And what maybe was important to us and then we have this interruption and yet then we catch up and say wait I've been disconnected. What is important and and everything's changed. So I just love that notion of you know, hope hope is an a felt experience like it's it's a oneness and that um, Being able to be with what might be painful or even incredibly uplifting just just to be with it and accept it is is so powerful
1: right yeah um every year at the beginning of the year i pick a word that is going to be kind of my 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 focus for reflection over the year and at the beginning of 2020 i picked the word serenity mm-hmm. which of course you know january of 2020 nobody knew it was, well some people knew it was coming but uh but the rest of us kind of didn't know we were on the, the precipice of a pandemic and serenity turns out to be I thought, this is one of the most brilliant things I've ever done, unknowingly. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed all year long, and and for, for people who know um, what's often called the serenity prayer, which is part of 12-step uh, programs, you know, the serenity comes from accepting what we can't change and having the courage to change what we can, mm-hmm. and to me, that is a bedrock foundation of hope as well, is... Um, in your research too, Um, I can't remember the name of the the researcher, um, talking about that that hope is really, uh, it's a combination of two things, um, pathway thinking and agency thinking. Mm -hmm. And pathway thinking is, I can imagine a lot of possible solutions to Mm -hmm. this problem I'm in, and agency thinking is, and I am empowered to take action on one of those, right? And and to me, that's the serenity prayer, or the, the mantra, if you will. The idea of things are pretty bad, um, and and it helped so much during the pandemic to say, I can't control the case numbers, I can't control how crowded the hospitals are, but what I can do is my best to keep my family safe, to make good choices, to follow the science as best that I can discern what that is. And and there is some peace that comes when, when you can do that, and I find a lot of hope in that.
0: Yeah, I think that's really well said and, and um and of course of course I came across that information as well. Just being able to envision what you want to have happen, you know, what, what in this bad situation looks good to me and then seeing a pathway to get there. So being able to maybe set some specific goals and then believe I I'm able to do this. I'm able to work this plan, I'm able to get where I need to go and have that willpower, that agency to do it as well as flexibility. And, um, and there were some really interesting articles that I read and of all the different possible resources that, that hope was the most powerful. And so that kind of brings me to this question. What do you think the power of hope really is for each and every one of us? Just you know, leading our ordinary lives, trying to get through the inevitable hardships we're all gonna encounter.
1: of hope. As you were talking and as you framed that question, I, I just my mind flashed with what many of us know as the Stockdale paradox. Right, this idea from Admiral Stockdale when he was a prisoner of war, he was asked after he was released, you know, who are the who are the ones who suffered the most, and he said they were the optimists because yeah. they were the people who were like, come Christmas we're going to be rescued, you know, we're going to get out of here, and and then when that benchmark would come and go, people would feel this sense of despair. And for him, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's readily available online, you know, we, we must always have a trust that things um, will work out, that we have hope that things can get better, but we cannot ignore the reality of what we're in. And, and that's the paradox. And, and for me, hope is, is the resilience we build so that we can see that Flinching reality, and not be defeated by it, but say, "Okay, I I can't deny this. This is real. This is what's happening. And yet, I have options. I have a community. I have um, lived experience that I can draw on. My my previous book was about improvisation and how we kind of use improvisation as a life practice. And and to me, it kind of flows right into hope because." basis of improv is yes and, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yes means this is the world as it is. And sometimes you can't change that. And it doesn't mean you like it. I mean, yes doesn't mean great it's all wonderful, but it does mean this is real. And the and is what do I do now? And to me, the and is where, where hope can be found.
0: I just love that Marianne, And that's a great segue. So let's talk about some practical things that each and every one of us can do like maybe when we're feeling a little hopeless, or just on a good day, if we if we want to build our hope and 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 that optimistic outlook.
1: Yeah. Um, the one that I come back to, and I and I talk, write about this in the book, and I, I say here are uh, when I feel a, a lack of hope, mm-hmm. when I'm feeling really down or despair or like you know the world is kind of getting me down. I usually can trace it to the absence of one of three things. I, and I talk about this in a, in a short reflection in the book, and I say, here are my three, and I invite people in the book. Maybe these are yours, or maybe you come up with your own three, but these are the three things that I, I really realize are missing, one or more of them, and the first is beauty. If I can find uh, you know, art, music, even nature outside, when I feel despair, it's probably because I have disconnected from, from beauty around me. And and that is deeply grounding. It helps remind us what we're fighting for, you know, the the beauty of uh, the world that we live in, the the musicians and artists that that, that speak to the yearnings of our hearts, you know. And so uh, that is often, I need to go read a book or I need to go to a museum and just kind of unplug from the me as kind of a means to an end rather than people with dignity and and um, so when I'm feeling in despair I will call a friend or I will write a note to someone and 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 try to be in service um, so that's the second one the third one for me is 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 action of some kind mm-hmm. um, usually when I am feeling a lack of
0: believers in me Marianne but I uh, I'm so into aesthetics I'm like a closet artist and when it's funny that you said that seeking out beauty because I can distinctly remember some really discouraging times in my life and um, and I do love artwork so I have a lot of pretty artwork and I can remember sitting in my home just looking at the artwork feeling like it's gonna be okay everything is so that It's so fascinating that you would say that and I really appreciate that. And then, of course, connecting with others and taking action. So powerful. And baby steps. You're right. It doesn't have to be the big stuff. It can be the little stuff. And then what do you think about if we have a friend or a loved one or even a colleague that's struggling? What are some things maybe we can do to encourage them to be hopeful?
1: Too, is, is to really accept and receive where they are. I, I write in the, the book, um, and this is um, something that is very front and center, um, that part of where this work came from is through our experience of walking with our eldest, our, our daughter, um, Caroline, through a pretty significant depression uh, during high school. And I remember um, one night talking with Caroline, and there was just um, so much, uh, you know, like, this isn't going to, you know, life is going to be bad for me, I, I'm not going to be able to graduate high school, I'm not going to be able to go to college, I mean, there was all this sort of self-talk of, of, you know, this will not get better, and I had all kinds of arguments why that was, that was, you know, thinking, thinking, as they say, um, and that did not work. You know, you can't talk someone out of, of that. Um, but I remember, um, you know, one particular instance where, where Caroline said, um, you know, I, I just don't know how, how is college going to work and, and is this going to be okay. And, and I said, well, I think the question was, what happens if I start to spiral while I'm in college? You know, what happens if this kind of happens again? And I said, well, what would happen? School and I have to move home, and I never, and I was like, No, 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 no. What I'm asking is, What would you do? Like, if you start to feel that you're the ground is sort of shifting under I mean, you, what do you do? And Caroline said, Oh, well, I would call my therapist and I would reach out to my professors, and I would. So it, it, it's a way of reframing the question about the future because none of us knows the future, mm-hmm. right? Um, and all those things that Caroline said come to pass, but, but Caroline has agency, too, mm-hmm. and I, I can report that, you know, those of us who have dealt with depression or uh, either in our families or ourselves knows that that can often be a long-term journey, but our, our kid is at college and is thriving, um, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I give Caroline all the credit on that, um, but, but, you know, part of it was helping our daughter realize you can do, and there have been stressful moments in the last semester, um, and and yet, you know, Caroline was able to move through. So, so really, helping people, um, you had to sit with them and, and empathize. I mean, you can't go, you know, right right to reframing. But I think part of what happened over time was helping Caroline reframe that, um, you know, that we all have agency, that we all have things that we can do to. to um, situation, if
0: it doesn't solve the whole thing, that we're not powerless, that we all have some power. I love that, Marianne. And just listening to your story and kind of recapping in, in a simple way, in my mind, is we can be with, with others when they're feeling really hopeless um, and not you know, try to make them feel like they have to suppress those emotions, what they're feeling is okay, but also just to ask those questions to help them see the power they do have the agency that they do have and help them see that they're stronger than they think. So that's yeah. that's a beautiful story, and I thank you for sharing that because so many people, especially right now, are really struggling with feeling down and um, and anything that we can do to support one another and help one another is what it's really all about, especially here and now. Um, and so I, I definitely want to talk about Hope Notes so people can go to your website, Marianne Dana, uh, net, and there's something called Hope Notes. I'm going to let you explain it and also let them know how, if they want to participate in that, how they possibly can.
1: Yeah, so um, at my website, net, as Beth said, um, I started last year, then this in the 2021, um, I wanted to look at. lot of people talking about, oh, this is going to be a grim winter. And I just kept seeing that phrase, grim winter, you know, in terms of the case numbers. And this was, of course, more than a year ago now. Um, and I kept thinking of Laura Ingalls Wilder's book, The Long Winter, which is a children's book. And it's about her family out on the prairie during a terrible you know, seven months of blizzards, basically. And it's a very harrowing book, especially as a, as a parent. You read it and you're like, these kids almost Myself and I thought, and I and I presented some practices that I saw that they did to kind of keep themselves going. I talked about the Stockdale paradox in that in that one as well. And then for uh, once a month, for several months after that, we looked at we looked at Black Panther, the Marvel movie. We looked at um, a nonfiction book actually about the body and trauma um, called My Grandmother's Hands. We looked at um, the movie Land um, which is just one best picture, and, and really my what I was trying to do is kind of give people some practice. You know, we, we're watching TV, we're watching movies all the time, we listen to podcasts, and, and giving people some skills to read those things or to watch those things and say, what is the, what is the message in this? What is the food for me that, that can nourish me so that in these difficult times, there's something there that I can really hold on to and not just be entertained by it, although being entertained is great, um, and, and to, to give people some practice, uh, kind of looking at, at things in that way.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful, and it sounds like just such a great discussion. So if people want to participate, they can go to your website, and do they, like, register? How do they get the Zoom link? Yeah,
1: so Hope Notes is on hiatus right now, but all of the recordings from awesome. last year notes or just go to the main website and, and it's right up at the top hope notes and you can watch the recordings awesome. um i have a newsletter there so the best way to kind of be informed as to when that gets started again is um, by joining the newsletter i i send out a, a reflection every friday that's kind of it's about what we were talking about these kinds of issues but also just whatever i'm working on um, and
0: that's a great way to stay in touch that sounds awesome and your book will be coming out um, towards the end of this year. Give us some more details on that.
1: Yeah, so hopefully by the en- around the end of the summer. Um, and again, it's called Open User's Manual. It'll be available everywhere uh, books are sold. Uh, Amazon, uh, I Love Bookshop is a great uh, alternative to Amazon um, in terms of, of an online service. Um, and uh, yeah, I encourage people to, to check it out. It, again, uh, bite-sized pieces. So it's, it's almost something you could even read one a day or, or one a week, and it could, I mean, I think there's about 40-something kind of short reflections in it, so you could read uh, one a, a week for a year if you wanted to kind of, and, and the idea also is there's there's a question to kind of ponder and there's a practice.
0: So Wonderful. In addition to the reading, you can, uh, you can sort of ponder, or if you're a journaler, you can journal and then, and then practice some of these things. So that sounds great. So... Um, Final question for you, Marianne. Uh, Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with, maybe something that you think is the most important thing to remember about hope, um, or just whatever you think is most significant? Yeah.
1: Um, I think what I would leave people with is um, wherever you are right now is okay. Um, One of the really mind-blowing things that, that I appreciated in working on the book is the idea that, um, that some things are, are worth doing, um, even if we don't have hope that they're gonna work out okay. Um, I was just recently listening, and this is kind of towards the end of the book, I sort of work it, look into uh, this idea, but um, I was listening to a woman who does a lot of work around climate science, and, and she said, you know, we need to protect our Earth, um, even if the best scenarios that we're we're, we're striving for don't come to pass. Um, and and things are, are happening around us, um, and and it's easy to feel really powerless. But um, but there's there are things that are you, you probably Beth heard the uh, the kind of. Um, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? It's one of those kind of inspirational. You know, you see them on paperweights and posters and things. And and to me, hope is really found in um, what is worth doing, even if you might fail. Um, and and finding those things that that give your life meaning, that they give us purpose. And um, and I think that paradoxically, hope kind of emerges even um, in, in a seemingly hopeless situation when we really lean into those things that are that are worth doing because they're the right thing to do. So um, that's that's kind of where the, the book, uh, you know, kind of explores um, towards the end. So.
0: And I think you're really on to something there, Marianne, because, like, all the, you know, psychological research on resilience shows us that every time we go through, even if we fail, if we go through something, we, we learn, we build a skill, and we have more tools in our toolbox, kind of more tricks to handle things and to be agile and approach something in a different way when that new different thing comes up. So there's something worthwhile even in the eh or failures of, of our life. So that's really yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And um, thank you so much. This has just been a great discussion. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too.
1: i enjoyed it very much, and I, I wish you the best in this uh and, and thanks for the chance to come on and talk about a that topic that's really precious
0: to my heart thank you so much and as we close i'd like to leave uh, you and our listeners with just a simple wish my wish for each and every one of you is that you'll be happy you'll be healthy and you'll be hopeful until next time thanks Thanks for joining me. I hope you found today's Well Wisdom inspirational and empowering. Is there a golden nugget you can bring forward into your life and perhaps even share with a loved one, friend, or colleague? Here's to you and your amazing ability to be resilient, to create your very own ordinary magic. Until next time, Well Listeners.